Hello, Titan family, and welcome to another episode of the Fram and Friends podcast brought to you by Titan Communications, Titan Radio, and of course, our Titan president, Fram Burgi, who is standing by to introduce our next great guest. Fram? Uh, thanks, Matt. Hey, today we have uh, one of my favorite people on campus uh, uh, and someone who I think of as uh, not only a great uh, professional of what he does, but a good friend. We've uh, uh, We've had some good times together. We have Cameron Cook, who is our uh, director of our Veterans Resource Center. Uh, Cameron, it's great to have you. It's great to see you. Uh, um, I hate this social distancing stuff, um, and seeing but seeing you virtually is a, is a lot better than not seeing you at all. So usually I get to see you every week or two on campus and stop by the uh, Resource Center. Um, I haven't had a chance to do that, but I've done a couple of times virtually, and that's been great. That's, that's been great. great. It's very Hope you're staying safe. The kids are good. Wife is good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All I'm right. So, Cameron, the drill with this is this is a chance for um, uh, us to have a conversation and for uh, our listeners to get to know you. Because uh, if I know, I know if they get to know you, they're gonna love you just like I do. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's never any better place to start than at the beginning, of course. Uh, so I'm gonna start there. I know you grew up in Kansas, of all places, when you were younger. But, you know, anybody from Kansas who's listening to this, I don't mean any offense, but oh my goodness, I think of middle of the country and flat. I also think of barbecue, which is also awesome. But uh, tell me what it was like to grow up in Kansas and how that shaped you uh, and as you look back and think about who you are today. Thank you. Pleasure and honor to be here. I always want to be on a podcast, so thank you so much. So. You know, Kansas is uh, full of very humble, very, uh, very respectful people. You know, I grew up in a blue collar town, a blue collar family, I always say, you know, it really taught me a lot of the uh, fundamental elements, you know, hard work, like treat people right, you know, honor, honor, love of country is a big one. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it was a good place to grow up. It, it definitely, it is flat. It is definitely flat. It's, uh, it's rural. I grew up in a town about 50,000. So, um, but there's nothing outside of that, you know? So it was uh, definitely kind of made me curious to what else is out there in the world, you know? And it definitely, it, it uh, kind of instilled a little bit of sense of adventure, you know, where I kind of wanted to get out and um, get out and see the world. So that's kind of what I've, what I've tried to do. I've, I've tried to see the world, but it, it, it definitely, it's put a kind of, uh, it's framed my approach for sure. Yeah, the only time I've spent any time at length in Kansas, I had a, uh, I represented H&R Block, believe it or not, when I was a lawyer in a, in a big class action in Kansas, in Kansas City. And so I spent about six months uh, in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, and uh, I thought Kansas City was a great town, a lot of fun. Didn't get out into anywhere past that. Otherwise, I've just driven through it a couple of times, you know. <laughs> I think that's what people think, you know, well, Kansas is one of those places you drive through. But, but looking back, um, I, can, I, I hear uh, values created for you there. Um, honor, love of country, um, uh, caring about community and your, and your neighbors. Um, and that's what I think of when I think of Heartland and I think of, uh, I think of America. Um, is, am I on, on track? Or? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, uh... It definitely uh, all those, a lot of values, a lot of values, a lot of uh, to the core, you know? So I also think of it, and maybe this is absolutely wrong, I don't know. I think of it as, a, as not a particularly diverse place, uh, a very white 
place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're certainly with uh, different socioeconomic uh, uh, levels within it, uh, but um, uh, not a lot of diversity. Is, and uh, it, 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 did that shape you in any way? Was it, surpri- was it surprising when you left Kansas and you realized that a place like California, I know you were in New York, we'll talk about that a little bit, very different, very different. You know, it, it always uh, it always made me kind of curious to what else was out there. First of all, I, I grew up in a blue collar kind of neighborhood, so I was very for for the location it was a very diverse neighborhood. So I kind of I grew up with a lot of kind of uh, different types of friends. You know what I mean? So I, I I always took a lot of value in that, and I also um, but it did definitely make me want to explore other cultures. You know what I mean? Kind of. It is, it's uh, homogenous, you know what I mean? So I definitely wanted to get out and uh, explore other cultures and other places and other people and other things. So it definitely, it, it created a um, curiosity. Uh, good, good. So why'd you leave and where'd you go? That's a, that, that's a long story. <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a first generation college student and I, um, I, I I went to college the first time and I, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I didn't do very well. So I had to move back home. I ended up working at a factory that, like, you know, it's kind of a, it, it's it, it's the kind of the backbone of our community. It's a it's a pizza factory, Tony's Pizza. You see it in the store, it's a frozen pizza. My dad just retired there from thirty five years of service. Wow. And at one time, I think when I worked there, my brother worked there, my dad worked there, my mom had worked there for a long time. My, I had a bunch of cousins, a bunch of aunts and uncles. So it was, uh, you know, the backbone. And I, I was working nights washing machinery. And uh, it was a very humbling experience, I'll tell you. And uh, I had an uncle who lived in Colorado. And, you know, he said, uh, why don't you come out and, you know, try this out for a while. So I moved to Colorado out, out of uh, Kansas. I was 97. I just, you know, I just kind of kept moving west ever since. I little journeys here and there, but I definitely, 97, I left and I moved to Colorado. I went to Colorado State University. I, you know, I still was, uh, didn't quite have the academic thing figured out. So I had to, it took me a couple of attempts there and then I joined the Marine Corps from there. I, I uh, yeah, I joined, I, I enlisted in the Marine Corps out of uh, Colorado, actually. So I want to talk about your uh, military life as well, because obviously you're very well connected and important uh, part of the, uh, veterans uh, services on campus, and I know that that, that uh, uh, feeling runs deep for you, and I want to talk about that. But before we get to that, I know you also, I was reading your bio, and it said you spent some time on Wall Street in New York, too. What the heck were you doing on Wall Street in New York? Yeah, Kansas boy. Yeah, Bright Lights, Big City. I don't know if Michael J. Fox here has seen that movie. That's uh, very, very much like my experience. I um, When I was at Colorado State, I, I had a really good friend of mine, um, he was from New York, Long Island, New York, Levittown, and he went back home after a couple of semesters. And then, you know, I, you know, I was kind of struggling. So he said, "Hey, why don't you come out here?" Just kind of like my uncle, you know. He's like, "Come out here." So I went out there. I stayed for six months and stayed with his family. And you know, they were so they were so gracious and 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 uh, they were so welcoming and so so hospitable. And, you know, and he worked for, we did data entry on Wall Street. I like to say I worked on Wall Street, but it was just data entry. But I was 22 years old, you know, and just, you know, running, running downtown, you know, all over Manhattan, actually. Sometimes we'd go, we'd work, we'd go out, we'd go sleep at work, get up in the morning, work again and go out. It was just, uh, 
was a really great time. And that really kind of framed a lot of uh, my future choices, actually, when I, when I joined. Them. That's the epitome of you weren't in Kansas anymore. Exactly. You know, my, they used to introduce me as their foreign exchange student sometimes. <laughs> oh. totally different world. And then uh, I know you also uh, finally landed in California and were driving an ambulance in San Diego. Is that before or after the Marine Corps? After the Marine Corps. I, I joined to be, a, I was going to be a firefighter. For a long time, my plan was to be a firefighter. It just never worked out. It came close a couple times. But when I got out, I, you know, I got my first degree was an associate in fire technology. And I was going to be a, a paramedic. I was trying to get to become a paramedic. And honestly, you know, I was on the GI Bill. I was going to a community college down there. I went to EMT school. I drove an ambulance in San Diego, which was a blast. And then I was in paramedic school and I got sick, some kind of weird kind of pneumonia, uh, just kind of weird il illness. And I, I had to drop out of um, paramedic school and I was on a GI Bill and I lost the GI Bill and I basically lost everything. We had to pack up. I was recently newly married, I had to move back to Kansas. And so it kind of started my life all over again. I had to kind of change directions after that. So driving an ambulance, I'm thinking, um, Today, in the time of COVID, with all those frontline healthcare workers, you must be able to empathize with them and and uh, uh, have a, a a similar feeling for them as our frontline backbone taking care of us in this pandemic, as you might feel for um, other vets who've served. It's a different kind of service. Indeed, indeed. I'm, you know, I kind of wish I was out there helping out. You know what I mean? I definitely feel like I'm on the sidelines. I do miss. I still have that little bit of curiosity, a little bit of inkling to get back behind the wheel and help out, you know, so definitely, definitely, uh, you know, it's all, that's always a very, that's a dangerous job all the time, so I can't even imagine how dangerous it is right now. I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to dignify your answer, your, your answer with, I'm, I'm on the sidelines, you're so far <laughs> from the sidelines. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. You are, you are uh, a servant leader you are dedicated to service but we'll talk about that let's talk about the marine corps i mean uh you know thank you thank you uh bless you for for signing up and for uh protecting and serving us uh yeah. stay home but why what 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 made you do that was it a um calculated thing you've been thinking about for a long time was it a weak moment what was it so as new york you know i, I all, all my friends and family out there. And then I, I moved back to Colorado and then September 11th. And then that's the day I called actually. I, I wasn't doing much. I was, uh, I was partying pretty hard at that time in my life. I'll be honest. And then, you know, the, the world changed that day. And first thing I said, never thought about it before, never considered it. And initially it was a rash decision out of anger. I tell everybody it was a delayed entry program. So I waited a couple months, but and I just decided, you know, the anger kind of wore off. Perspective came a little bit, but I uh, I realized it was probably the best thing for me because I wasn't doing much, so I just jumped in. So you were a first-generation college student and also first-generation Marine? Uh, yes, sir. My, my, my grandfather was, uh, was uh, in Korea. He was in the Army in Korea, but I was first-generation Marine, yes, sir. Hmm. So uh, I, where were you? On September 11th, what and what do you remember about it? <laughs> I was uh, I was living in a house with a bunch of friends, a big house in Colorado. It was a pretty innocent time, you know. We were having a good time. Everything was just, you know, it was just uh, it was. We had a really great time the night before, so we had a bunch of people kind of laying around, 
my friend woke me up and he's like, hey, you know, it's something's going on in New York, a plane hit a building. I was like, what? And I remember we all, there was a house full of people, probably 10 or 12 people. It was that kind of, those kind of days, you know, and saw the second one hit and then it was silence. And I actually, I was like, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Mm. Everybody's like, shut up. You know, like, you're not going to do that. And I called that day. That's the day I called the recruiter. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, there are, in every generation, there's times and places that you remember exactly where you were, what happened. I used to, uh, I was on a master swim team and got out of practice and uh, we swam from five to 6.30, got out, went to get some coffee and saw uh, uh, what was going on. Uh, by the time I drove from getting my coffee to work, uh, you know, what had happened, at, uh, the, the, the towers had come down and, and uh, uh, the plane had, uh, at the Pentagon had, had already come down. And, and I, I don't think I've ever really told anybody but Julie this. I drove home and I stopped at the Army Recruiting Office and tried to, tried to sign up. And I was too old. It wouldn't take me. I was too old. You kidding? <laughs> well, you know what? A, you know, they didn't need me, but I just, yeah, I understand. I understand. Um. So, uh, was it what you expected? Did you have expectations? Uh, uh, I know you did a tour in Iraq, uh, and. Uh, what lessons did you learn? What issues did you did you find? Sure, I mean, I uh, I didn't know what to expect. To be honest with you, and I was twenty six. Honestly, I was I was pushing pushing time a little bit as well. So I was older. I've been around a little bit, so that was a blessing and a curse. You know, I stuck out real bad initially, which you don't want to do in Marine Corps boot camp. You know, so that was a tough time in my life. You know, but. Yeah, I grew up. Honestly, I was a 26-year-old kind of just spinning my wheels, having a good time. And then, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, I, I, my life has never been the same. You know, I definitely learned responsibility, leadership, teamwork, all the stuff they say, you know, it's, uh, honor, you know, in the community, it sounds cheesy, you know, but honor, courage, commitment, you know, we take that stuff very seriously, you know what I mean? We don't take it very seriously. So that's something that really, and, you know, they strip you down. Like, they say it. And I kind of expected that, but you don't know until you actually get shredded and then they build you back up into a new person. And that, that's really what it did. And I, I excelled pretty well. I did pretty well. I was pretty successful. You know, I, I was, I tell people, it's kind of funny. I tell people I was a little bit of a, a little bit of a hooligan, I'll be honest. And so I always ended up kind of, I was older. So I always kind of ended up, I understood the wild kids, you know what I mean? So I always ended up being real close with the wild kids and, I could, I could, we could, I could kind of steer them. I could lead them, and then um, that that became very beneficial part of my career, you know. So that's how we kind of, we, we had some very successful times in there. So it's a yeah, I've never life changing is you know is understatement. Yeah, I yeah I can. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I'm sure it is a generational change. You you uh, the the maturity that comes with it because it has to uh finding the issues of what are really what's really fundamentally important because it breaks you down to what's fundamentally important yes. and 
you know, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, spoken with a lot of, of, uh, vets who've served, uh, you know, I grew up with all, with all my father's friends as serving in World War II and Korea. And then all my uncles went off to Vietnam. And so, uh, there are, there are differences I know, uh, but there are also fundamental core similarities of what they, what they learned about life. Uh, and it, it, it's a, something the rest of us will never learn uh, in, in some ways. And so we thank you for that, but we also, um, you know, there's this strange, not envy, but um, a desire to understand that it's, it's hard. Um, and uh, I, know you, I know you know about that because you pay a lot of attention to, from the other side, veterans trying to be understood. Mm -hmm. And so I get that. I get that. Um, did you ever think about making a career of it? Uh, you know, I want to be a firefighter. It's a funny, funny story. So I, I did pretty well in the interest exams. And I, I know I just I want to fight, you know, and, and they, they were like, I didn't know at the time, but they had quotas and stuff like that. So I was like, I want to be an infantry. And they're like, go back and uh go back and think about what you want to be. You can be anything you want. So I came back and, I, you know, they had a list and I said, I want to be a firefighter. And that stuck. I was like, I've always been interested in it. So I signed up to be a firefighter, but the recruiter actually didn't put that on my contract. He put like support services or something. So I went in and I thought I was going to be a firefighter for the first like six months. And they were like, no, nah, you're going to be, you're going to work on aviation weapons and ordnance and, you know, explosives and stuff. I was like, no, no, that's wrong. They're like, no, it's not. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I learned a lot about, you know, kind of, it's not about you. It's about the, the team and the organization, the needs of the core is what they call it. But, um, but yeah, so I had always planned on doing four, getting out, becoming a firefighter and, you know, it just didn't work out, but it worked out for the better anyway. You know? So the, um, for the good, you know, every, every organization, every, uh, uh, grouping like that has both positive and negative aspects to it. Uh, tell me, what are the what are the what are the qualities that you think um, uh, military service creates uh, for veterans that are strengths not only for them but for the community that they come home to? I mean, sense of purpose. Yeah, sense of purpose. That's uh, that's you know that sense of purpose. And when we don't have it, we, that's when we get in trouble. That's when we that's when we flounder. You know and and you learn a sense of purpose, the mission focused, you know, the, you know, taking care of each other is huge. Like we freaking immediately, I mean, it's a generalization, but you know, you meet a vet, you meet another vet, you guys connect, you know that you can trust them with your life because that's what, you know, that's the, where we come from is doesn't matter who's on the left and the right of you, you know, you have to be able to trust them to stay breathing. You know what I mean? So that's definitely, uh, those are very valuable. Those are very valuable lessons that I think that we all, it, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. The other thing is uh, that I, I love about the military, uh, never having been in, I hope this is the case, but from the outside looking in, it's a great equalizer for um, people from different walks of life. Um, it is full of diversity. It is all about equity and equality. Um, uh, you are what you do, not where you come from. Uh, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. And today, even better, doesn't matter what your gender is. 
Um, you know, so that's a change from Kansas and Colorado too, right? Did that did that uh, did that change you? Did that change how your outlook on on life and people? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I think uh, it was very eye opening. Other cultures, just like I said, that that was where my first real experience with diversity. You know what I mean? I think that that's my first. I'd always been, you know, open to it. I've always been searching for it, but that was really where. You know, I, I got to get in and mash it up with all kinds of people from different places and different walks of life. And that's, that's one of the most special things about it. You know, it's it's a common, you know, not not often do you get to sit in a room with people from so many different backgrounds and focused on the same thing. You got each other's back no matter what. There, you know, sometimes you butt heads, honestly. Sometimes there's disagreements and stuff like that. That's that's the truth. But when it comes down to it, you know that you can count on the people around you, you know, no matter where they're from. Well, and it seems like to me that that's one of the um, characteristics or the experiences that embeds itself in you so that when you leave, you leave with that mindset. Um, you know, I think about walking into our vet center or uh, into one of the lunches that we have with vets or to vet graduation and the room is full of uh, people from different backgrounds, every color, every gender, uh, every uh, uh, sexual orientation, uh, every, it's all different. And they've all, they're all there. And as you said, they all have a common purpose and they're all, they all have each other's back. Uh, and, I, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things wrong with the military too, but that seems to be one of the things that they inculcate in uh, their soldiers and our soldiers that when they come out um, that common sense of, of, of honor and duty and purpose and caring for your community transcends race, religion, national origin, color, gender. That's my favorite thing about it. I think that's a lot of people's favorite thing about it. You know, it really opens your eyes to so much and you, you, you just learn, you learn so much about people. Yeah. And I love the the playful banter that you have with other branches of the military. I'll never forget. When <laughs> ah, I brought yeah. you a student who was from the army, and the first I told you, yeah, he was he was in the army, and the first thing he says, "I won't hold it against you." Yeah, exactly. And you both had a great chuckle, and I could tell that already there was just this built-in love for each other, respect, um, and inside jokes, and all of that. It's yeah. very very cool family. Yeah, it's very special. It's very special. It's, very, it's a huge honor to be a part of it. it really is. So, Cameron, when I when I took the job as president at Cal State Fullerton, and people who listen to this podcast have heard me say this before, I felt like my whole life had been leading up to this. That uh, all the things that I'd done in the past uh, uh, were preparation for this. And I look at your life, um, and I know this isn't your last stop by by a long shot. You're way younger than me, and you got a lot to do. Um, but it seems like being the director for a veteran center is actually a collecting of all the skills and experiences and abilities and um, uh, uh, devotion and mission that has been leading you to this point. Is that right? Yeah, not just a vet center, this vet center, sir. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely, all my, I tell everybody all the time, all my roads led to this one. That's when you, you happens a few times in your life, you know, where you're like, this is it. Like, there's no doubt everything. It's like the light, op the, you know, the cl clouds open 
and the sun shines through you know what i mean like that's definitely how i feel on this one and, and so I, I was in higher education a little bit previously uh four or five years and then i got out and i did homelessness i did a little bit of everything you know I, you know substance abuse i did a lot of employment and, and kind of getting out in the, I, I worked nonprofit. i worked government i worked uh i worked private sector for a little bit and we're all kind of focused around veterans and then but there's nothing like higher education there you know it's the blending of the two that i think is just so so special just such a special environment just such special people and you know what i say so you're like this i, I say that higher education is one of the last kind of industries that really focuses on the customer if you will the, the student like student first and that's that's the truth you know what i mean and it, whatever we got to do to raise them up and empower them and to move them on and that's what i love about it and that, it took me a long time to get back here and this, this is where I'm, I'm meant to be you know well you arrived right on time don't worry about it you weren't late <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. so you know some of our listeners I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that a number of our listeners have never been to the vet center and they they probably don't know a lot about it so so tell us about the cal state fullerton vet center tell me tell us about its history how many how many vets it serves um, who those vets are give us some give some information to our listeners about the vet center all right so one one thing i always pitch first thing is it's a legacy you know like i came into a very wonderful legacy i inherited a legacy we did as a team it's a team effort uh started i think probably 10 years ago 2009 i think a, stu a student got down campus uh, he, he just noticed there wasn't a lot going on, so he started it. He would buy pizza. They needed Aloha Java, and he just he'd see a military backpack or a high and tight or a T-shirt and say, "Hey, you're a vet. Come have pizza." And that's how it started. Then, uh, gratefully, it actually he became an intern in the women's center. So the women's center was kind of like the, uh, the mother program of the VRC. You know, it was really the uh, founding program. Of the Veterans Resource Center started with an internship there, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. Um, Dr. Catherine Ward actually was a huge part of that, and she's obviously a legend on campus, and she was very instrumental from the very beginning of it till you know she 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 really kind of steered it through uh, many years of evolution and change. Uh, it went from the Women's Center, and then we got second floor of um, second floor of Gordon Hall. Um, we we had some offices down there on on one end, and then in 2018, I believe, shortly after you came on board, we got the uh, the Veterans Resource Center in 244, uh, uh, Gordon Hall 244, and you know it's about 3,000 square feet. It's it's beautiful space, one of the prettiest spaces in the country. And I've been around; I've seen a lot of them. It's you know we got a lounge, we got a computer lab, we have a quiet room, we have all kinds of stuff, but it's more than that, right? It's community. It's a community of care was one thing that we like to say. It's you, you, we really focus on um, the transitions, transition in through and out. So um, we we have you know we have a really outstanding veteran ambassador program ran by our education access coordinator um, uh, Alex Ortega, who's an up and comer. You know he's hungry, he's amazing. Then we have uh, you know we have benefit. We have one of the best certified officials in the game. Uh, Sean Moran, he, he he does the GI Bill, Voc Rehab, CalVet Fee Waiver. Um, uh, we have um, we have Patty, Patty Adams, who's our Admin Services Coordinator. She you know she she really keeps everything together. But uh, we also have you know we have an employment program. We have Titan Warrior Wellness, which is our um, which is our uh, 
a lot there's a lot of stigma you know there's the stigmas around vets and you know a lot of a lot of places focus on ptsd suicide um, traumatic brain injury we look at resiliency strengths-based approach so titan warrior wellness is this group and peer-led activities that really look at the um the strengths you know focusing on the strengths and kind of support camaraderie community as they go through campus and then we have a really strong student veterans association that's really kind of our core that's a, that they're the ones that they, they kind of steer the ship and then we have a vet forward program which helps them um which helps vets transition in the careers so you know we really try to we try to help and we serve one thing i like to say we serve military connected which is which is active duty national state guard prior military which are veterans and then military families and military families are you know they're, they're part of our community too we value them we respect them um, there's 500 vets about 750 family members so it's a it, it's a huge family you know, it's a huge family so we try to just help them whatever they need we try to have at least if we don't know we know where to point them so it's something we take a lot of pride in Cameron, I want to make sure I heard this correctly. This all started with a student, correct? So before Fram asks his next question, I just want to point out to the students, you know, Fram will often say, if the club or organization that you're interested in doesn't exist, start one. Sounds like hyperbole. Indeed. Look what happens. Indeed. It's serious. That's, uh, yeah, and that's one thing. It's, you know, student-centric. Right? That's one thing we've really tried to – that's one thing I like, love about Cal State Fullerton, student-centric. So it's a very empowering place. If you have an idea, this is a place to kind of share it and try to work on it. Well, and uh, uh, I know your staff is just incredible, Cameron. Uh, they make you look good. If they can make you look good, they, you know they're good, right? No joke. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are. They are just amazing. Um, uh, to, to help our uh, veteran uh, scholars um, navigate the bureaucratic crap that uh, is that is uh, getting their GI benefits and getting their other benefits and um, uh, uh, staying on course. I mean, you mentioned Sean, he does an amazing job. He really does. Um, but everybody in your office does an amazing job. And anybody who walks in feels the love immediately. Uh, you walk in and it doesn't matter whether you are military or, or uh, uh, military connected or you're just walking in because you lost your way in Gordon Hall, everybody's going to give you a hug and say, hey, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Come back anytime. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a very special thing. Uh, it's also a microcosm of our campus. Uh, you know, we talked about the diversity of our military, but the diversity of our vets uh, are, we have a lot of women vets. And by the way, I am so proud that our women vets our vets have a higher GPA than the average GPA of our of, of, on our campus, and our women vets have a higher GPA than our men vets. I just love that. I just love it. And I Either tell way. it Either everywhere, way. everywhere. We got to announce it everywhere. Um, it's also a, a ethnically and racially diverse place. It, it is a microcosm of uh, our campus, and it is and it is how we build community. For our veterans but it's how we need to build community and acceptance for all our students on campus mm -hmm. is is csuf a good destination for vets to come sure it's the best sir it's the best we're gonna we're gonna get that's one of our goals is to make that be recognized is you know we are we uh we we uh our goal is to be the best and, and we believe that we are very close if not there so we will definitely 
that's that's one of our goals. And, and our, our what we say is bring them all here as many as we can have, bring them, come. You're absolutely you're right. Everyone, as many as we can get. Absolutely right. Take care of each other. That's the truth. You know, um, I have to admit to you that when I first came here, um, I did not understand the idea of uh, uh, there being different challenges or a set of challenges for veterans on campus. Um, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, disappointed in myself to say that I didn't think that they would have um, some kind of different challenge or different uh, uh, hill to climb. Um, I just assumed, you know, you get out and you come back and you do your thing and you're just like everybody else. And, you know, vets were, I think, and to a much less degree are now, but we're almost an invisible group on campus. And some like to stay that way, and that's just fine. Uh, but talk a little bit about the challenges of uh, a vet that comes not just to Cal State Fullerton, but to any campus. What is the issue of uh, getting that sense of belonging, the finding of community that they need, and, and, and what can we do as a community, as a CSUF community, to make sure that they know that they're part of it, that they belong here, that they are loved and welcomed, and we want them. Yeah, it's really about identity, just like a lot of you know a lot of things. It's it, you know, when we go in, we're torn down, built back up to this new kind of new person or who, who ha, what you know new identity. So we go through, we do our thing, and then it takes years of that to kind of build on that you know foundation, and and then it just stops, and then we get out and. It, it, it under it, it's um i think we underestimate how challenging it is to because it, it the identity is so strong you know and even um it, it, it intertwines with other identities even you know what i mean and then so when, when you get off when you get out and you get on campus it's you're older uh you talk different you just you just really it's um it's really challenging to kind of transition especially with the things we carry sometimes that's very difficult so it's just kind of a it's just kind of a um kind of a mixture of challenges and then really the best thing our goal is to make people realize they don't you don't have to let that go like everything you learned in there everything that you are everything that you were you can keep that and then you add the special sauce of an education with that and that makes you so marketable and that makes you so valuable, like the intangibles of the military with an education and training. And the best thing is when you see the light bulb go off and they're like, hey, I don't have to let that go. I can keep those intangibles. I can keep that stuff and, and build a new identity, in, including education, because this is really the best transition there is, is to go into education. It, it gives them, the GI Bill is brilliant because it gives them three years to go into education, kind of reacclimate to civilian society, kind of figure out the direction and then take off. So, um, but yeah, the identity kind of regrouping after, after such a strong, um, after such a strong, like in the Marines, you're, you're not, I wasn't cook, I was a Marine, you know, we were Marines together. Like there was no individuality. And then you get out and it's like, hey, do whatever you want. You know, you can go to class, you don't have to go to class. You're not gonna go to jail if you don't go to class, you know, so really just kind of getting your head wrapped around those things is pretty challenging. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've thought about this because, you know, we have uh, one uh, 
one of our veteran scholars on campus who's written a book uh, that I read that, that uh, helped identify some of these issues. It's just a, a, a good raw understanding of what our vets go through. And, I, and it was a very enlightening for me. Um, and it, it struck me that it's a lot like um, when someone retires from a high powered job and they don't know where they're gonna go and what they're gonna do. You know, one day you're a CEO or you're a, uh, you're a leader in your field, whether you're a faculty member or whatever you're doing, and the next day you got nothing. You know, you're just another person. And I had the pleasure, I mean, it was a, a huge, huge, huge honor for me to uh, get to fly out uh, several years ago and stay on the aircraft carrier, the Stennis, for several days, land on the Stennis, stay there, uh, live with the, uh, the, the folks that were on that ship for about three days and then fly off. Um, it, it was absolutely fantastic. But what I realized was here are these 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds flying jet fighters, or not just flying jet fighters, but um, being in charge of making sure that they can fly or being in charge of the ordinance, or being in charge of, of uh, the flight deck, or, I mean, we're not, the, the dollar value of what they were in charge was, was astronomical, but they were in charge of the lives of so many people. Um, and so I can imagine when you are doing that every day, you have to get used to that, and you have to take that in, and that's part of your identity, and when that's gone, and you walk off and you're no longer in that uniform and you're no longer in charge of all those things, but you know you can do all those things because you've done all those things and you've done them well and you've done an amazing job of protecting and serving. And then you walk off and no one sees that in you. And you say, how come you don't see that in me? How come you don't know who I am and what I can do? Because I can do. And that's what we have to make sure that not only our veterans, but our entire community knows, uh, it's at Cal State Fullerton, but in all of our community, uh, in, in Southern California and California in our nation, this strength-based approach, which is, they've got, they got the hard knocks education that is going to make them better for you with leadership and discipline and stick to and and caring and love and loyalty and all those things that come. This is the kind of person you want. Yes, sir. It's that's the kind of person I want to be. That's the meat and potatoes of it, sir. That's the meat and potatoes of it. That's so true. That is, uh, that is, uh, you know, that, and that's the thing. Like you could be, you know, you could be a squad leader in charge of an entire group of uh, the lives, literally, you know, at 22, and then six months later, be sitting in a classroom trying to, you know, figure out what what have you, you know. So it's, it's definitely, and one thing. One thing that the population is very good at, and I take we take a lot of pride in, is adaptability. You know, we do we we do adapt, but and higher education is a really good place to adapt to it, but it does take time. You know. Yeah, so, I love how how you talk so much about what the VRC does for our veterans, but now we're touching on what our veterans do for the rest of our campus population, and that's the one part that people overlook this strength-based approach and that having those students in our classroom is transcendent to everything that we do, not just for our students, but our faculty and staff. We're learning from veterans. We're empowered by their leadership skills. Well, and this is the approach that 
we hope that we take as a community at Cal State Fullerton with respect to every cohort, every group, um, every community, uh, our veterans bring a, a, a huge strength to our community. So do our black and brown students. So do our students from underserved communities. So do our students that come from community college. So do our students that come from all these different backgrounds. And we have to recognize that that is what makes us special. That's what makes Cal State Fullerton special. But how can we show that appreciation for the vets? How can we, is there a way, you know, for us to make sure that they know that they're not posers, that they belong here, that um, uh, we want them and need them and that they're additive. What can we do, Cameron? Uh, I, I think that we, uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I, I think that we, just kind of getting the word out because I, I think the support and the resources, I mean, we, we what we provide, I, I think is really cutting edge. So I just really helping us spread the word because it's, even though we do all of this stuff, we email them, we text them, we, we really reach out, we're pretty heavy, we'll still get people like, hey, we didn't even know you were here, you know, and that's, that's really kind of like really letting everyone know that we are here to support them and their transition and their families and, and, and what have you. And, um, and, you know, going back to kind of everybody, you know, you know, black and brown students, just all kinds of students contribute to the campus. One thing I'm really, uh, honored and I think it's a great fit is being on the special populations team and being able to collaborate and just see all the wonderful things that all the uh, teams on special special populations are doing so it is a it, it definitely takes a village you know it definitely takes a village and so I, think, I, I think maybe also sorry sir is you know I, I one of the next things is I don't want it to be a bubble I don't think that the veterans should be and we were kind of easing that way before the bottom fell out of the world but really kind of helping veterans explore other identities, you know, and kind of getting into those other resources like DIRT and, and you know, MSI or whatever, whatever it is, uh, to, so they can explore other person because that's where you get the real full college experience is exploring other person, other um, identities and personalities instead of just, we don't want it to be a bubble. We don't want, we don't want to be disconnected. We really want to integrate. That's, that's the whole goal. So really kind of, helping us promote the other resources, I think is a, a good next step as well. Absolutely, the intersectionality of our students is um, uh, paramount. Uh, sure. uh, one of the things I love about uh, DIRT, our diversity uh, uh, center, is that they are all, all those centers are together and um, the affinity or the affiliation is um, multiple for many people that walk into DIRT. Um, it's that's also true for our veterans um, and uh, we need to recognize that that is a strength as well and is also a reflection of who our community is um, you know we are not defined by the color of our skin or the gender or the sexual orientation we have or whether we served or didn't serve um, you know all these are all parts of who we are but uh, we are so much more than those we are we are the the a compilation of all those things. I do, uh, you know, I am, you know this, Cameron, I am so proud of our vet center. Um, it is, it is the best vet center in the country by far. I am just, I am just going to say it flat out. It, we are the envy, envy of, of the other CSUs, uh, the other two. Um, we get called out as the best to the others and say, how come you can't be like 
which just, you know, I'm a competitive son of a gun. And so that just makes me so happy. Um, uh, I feel when I'm, when I walk into our vet center that the vets are, that are there are home, that they have a place, um, uh, that they're, they feel, uh, not just welcome, but at home. And what's really cool is they invite me into their home. And when people visit who aren't vets, they invite you into the lounge. They invite you in and they say, sit down, talk. How are you? What's going on? And you feel like you, um, you, that you're part of them as well, which is really, really special. I love also the outreach that we do off our campus. Um, we're at the community colleges, on base, all these different places that we serve um, active duty folks who are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life when they when they get out, uh, because Lord knows they need some good advice. Okay, good advice. The earlier you catch them, the more successful they are. So we also have an absolutely incredible ROTC program, um, and I also love to see our vets mentor and help those. Uh, aspiring officers uh, as they move through all that they've got to do. Tell me, is that, do you think that is additive or helpful for vets on our campus? I think so. I think it helps to, um, I think it helps to, you know, to, to value experiences, to share experience, you know, so be able to share that experience and just kind of, especially from like a lot of us are enlisted. So like the enlisted point of view of leadership, I think is valuable. And I do think being competitive with them as well, like with our uh, yeah. like football game, even though they got the better of us this year, but we're going to get them as soon as we can, you know, next time we get together. So, but yeah, I, I, that's a great partnership and uh, we, we're very uh, honored to always be a part of what they do. And that, that's the future of our military. And, you know, we let them know, you know, our resource, our, our house is their house too, you know, and they've always been real, real, real welcoming and, collaborative with us as well. So definitely a huge fan. So uh, we're, get, we're, we're running out of time, but there's a couple things I want to cover as well. You know, we are embarking this fall on a, on a, a one book, one campus common read for the entire campus, uh, the Book of Unknown Americans. Um, and uh, we are going to use that, that experience as a campus to um, create places and spaces for dialogue on just a lot of the things that we've just been talking about today, Cam. Um, you know, uh, uh, a sense of belonging, a sense of who we are and identity, um, intersectionality of, of, of coming together and recognizing um, that not just diversity, but, but equity and inclusion are hugely important. Um, are you, are, are, uh, is the Vet Center going to be participating in that? We will participate, yes, sir. I love it. I love it. I would love to come and, and uh, when we're in the, the midst of it and hear what folks have to say about that. It would be really cool. For sure. um, all right. A little bit about Cameron. Who are your heroes in your life? Oh, man, I've been very lucky. Uh, my father and my grandfather were two huge factors in my life. I've uh, been very lucky that they've, they've been a very, uh, yeah, they're my heroes. They're my heroes. And uh, I know you got a, you're married with a beautiful wife and a couple kids. And, and, and as you're watching them grow up, uh, 
you're developing your own family identity and your own uh, ethos for who you are as a family. So if I had to ask you, I'll put you on the spot, what's your family motto? What's, uh, it, it, you know, what, what's your, what, what's your uh, 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 purpose or mission statement for your family? One of the first uh, visitors I had on our podcast told me that he had his family had a mission statement, which I thought was really cool. So what's yours? Uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, I, I believe, uh, you know, one thing I always ask them, what's the most important thing in the world? And they say family. You know, I really, I really think that the, it starts with the family and I really try to set an example for them, uh, you know, how family is important, how we're, we stick out. You know, a lot of stuff I learned in the military, I try to, I, obviously not the military style, but I try to teach them, you know, loyalty. Uh, but I, I also, I, I, I try to teach our kids to take risks, you know, like, calculated risk, but, you know, definitely, um, you know, really stand up for themselves. I, I say that you're always allowed to stand up for yourself. So, I, I, but I think that, you know, really kind of taking care of each other is the first thing that I try to teach them because fa family's here to take care of each other. So that's, that's our big focus. Yeah. And then finally, what are your goals and dreams for the rest of your life? What do you got? What do you got? What, what do you see in your future? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Shoot, right. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind being a president of a university one day. I'll take be a good one. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, move up in higher education however I can. I definitely, I was going to go to school. I was going to get my PhD this year, but it was too soon. So that's probably my next big step is get out there. My EDD, I think, is what I'm going to do and just kind of work my way. I love student affairs. I really, I love student-centric approach. So I just really kind of higher education is, is my passion you know there's my two passions i'm very lucky higher education and veterans so but i definitely yeah, I'd, I'd really like to move up the chain for uh student affairs one day so our last podcast guest was cecil schick who i'm sure you know yeah, she's and um, she's getting her edd right now in our in cal state fullerton's edd cool. program so always good to talk to those colleagues um who are doing it because it seems impossible and then you get in and you talk to a colleague and they're doing it, they're working, they're family. I'll definitely, I'll definitely reach out to her for sure. That's a good heads up. Thank you. Well, I knew it'd be fun and it was. Uh, it's always good to see you, Cameron. And I'm so uh, uh, proud of you, proud of our vet center. Uh, I love it. I love our vets just like I love all our other students. And uh, we are blessed blessed beyond my measure to have them on our campus with us as part of our community. Uh, and what I'd say to anybody that's listening uh, is go stop by and check it out. Uh, and, and, and you will see exactly what I said. You will be welcomed with open arms, not just by the staff, but by all the vets that are there um, because we're all in this together. We are indeed, sir. And it's an honor, huge honor always. And we, we are so grateful for all your support. I say it every time I see you and I'll say it every time from now on is we're just so grateful and honored to have you're such a great advocate for not only us, but for all our students. So we, we, we know that we appreciate that and it is noticed and it is, you know, we're thankful for you. All right. God bless. Love you. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you, sir. Thank you all. Take care. Thank you for listening to Fram and Friends, a collaboration between Titan Radio and Cal State Fullerton. For more episodes like the one you just heard, visit titanradio.org.